Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Pastor Chris. You know, it's hard to believe, but today marks seven weeks now of our services being completely online. Seven weeks of us preaching in an empty room. Uh, Seven weeks of you watching our services in your PJs. (laughs) At least many of you watching our services in your PJs. You know, for some of you, maybe these seven weeks have absolutely flown by. You you are busier now than you were before the virus and you you can hardly keep up. For others, maybe these seven weeks have seemed like seven years, and you cannot wait for life to return to any sense of normal. I'd be curious to hear what kind of lessons you've learned so far. You know, maybe what God uh, has been teaching you, or maybe something that you're not going to take for granted anymore. In fact, today, if you don't mind, leave a comment uh, in our chat about something that God has been teaching you through this season. I would love, love to hear from you. Now, before I jump into today's message, I just want to quickly remind everyone that next Sunday is, what is it? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Listen, you are not going to want to miss our service that we've got planned online next week. We've got some awesome things planned. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Uh, I'm going to let you know all about it through social media and email this week, so make sure uh, you you follow along and check out all the things that are going to be happening uh, next Sunday. And I need a little bit of help uh, from some of you as well, so we'll let you know about all of that. Well, today, uh, we wrap up this four-week series that we've been in called Welcome Home. Uh, We kicked it off on Easter weekend and discovered that no matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been, when you come home to God, you find forgiveness. The following week, we learned that not only are you forgiven, but you also are not alone. And uh, we learned that when you come home to God, you are adopted into God's forever family. Last week, Pastor Scott reminded us that when you come home to God, you can find freedom. Freedom from sin, freedom from addiction, freedom from your past, freedom to truly live. Well, here's what I want us to talk about today. When you come home to God, you become a person of faith, of faith. Now, what does faith have to do with following Jesus? Well, simply put, everything. Everything. Romans 1.17 says this, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? What does it say? By faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So in other words, from start to finish, the entire Christian life is all about faith. You know, we began this series by saying that when you come home to God, when you take that one step of what? Faith. You can find forgiveness. The journey home for all of us begins and ends with faith. You see, faith is an essential ingredient in both becoming a Christian and then in living the Christian life, in both becoming and living. Now, what is faith? Well, faith is so much more than just a, a recognizing and agreeing to you know, a set of beliefs. Faith's kind of like a diamond, you know? It's multifaceted. 
And one of the facets of faith that I want us to talk about today first is the element of risk-taking. Risk-taking. The, the Christian life is laced with risk-taking. Now, right about now, uh, some of you are all ears because word on the street has it that Christianity is primarily for timid types, weak, fearful personality types who need a once-a-week shot of spiritual Valium just to help them negotiate living in a scary world. So what does risk-taking have to do with faith? Well, first of all, to become a Christian, you gotta be willing to take a risk. You know, at some point when a person knows all the basics of Christianity, what, what Christianity is all about, at some point a man or a woman has got to commit, has got to, you know, cross that line and say, okay, I'm all in. I, I'm in. There, there is a decision point that, that every person comes to, and until a person says, let's go, you know, I'm trusting Jesus. I am committing my life to him. Unless or until that risk is taken, nobody becomes a Christian. You see, you can't become a Christian without taking a risk. The, the last book of the Bible, uh, very few people take the time to read it, and admittedly, uh, it can be a little confusing at places, but one verse in it stands out to me, and it paints a picture, a very graphic picture, as though Jesus himself were talking about this very decision point in people's lives. It's Revelation 3.20. Listen to this. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. In other words, we'll have a relationship together. We'll do life together. Do you see the picture that Jesus is painting here? Jesus is standing at the door of a moral failure, okay? People just like me and you. And he's knocking. And he's saying, you know who this is. You, you know what I want to do. I want to come into your life and I want to forgive you of your sin. I'm the only one who can. You know it needs to be done. I am willing to become your lifelong friend. I, I want to lead your life. I want to guide your life. But I'm not going to break the door down. I'm not going to do it. So I'll stand here and I'll knock and I'll wait for you to open it. Now, the moral failure is standing just inside the door of the house of the entryway, and picture this, you know, he's got his hand right there on the knob, and he's thinking this offer over. I mean, he's mulling it over, and he knows in his heart, you know, unless he is frightfully deceived, he knows that he needs forgiveness, you know, and he's certainly not against having a, having a friend, but he's nervous. You know, he's scared. He's, he's nervous about, you know, turning his life over to Christ control. And he's not sure what that's all going to mean. I mean, you know, what will it mean, you know, for Christ to be in control of how he does business? What will it mean for, you know, how he's going to lead his family, for how he handles money, how he's going to handle his spare time? How is Christ's control going to affect his future? I mean, he's heard these, you know, crazy rumors of God uprooting people and assigning them to, to missionary posts in countries that don't have fast food or ice cream. And uh, it makes him nervous. And so with all these unknowns bouncing around in his head, with his hand there on the doorknob, he hesitates. And that knocking just continues. Just continues. He can even feel the, you know, the vibration of the door. You see, sooner or later... He's either going to have to leave the room 
and not be bothered by the knocking anymore, or he's going to have to face the unknown. He's going to have to trust Christ with the the uncertainty of it all. He's going to have to take the risk. He's going to open the door and and receive Christ into his life as his Savior and Lord and, and friend. But one of those two things is going to have to happen. Don't you see? At its core, Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Can you see the role of of risk-taking in just becoming a Christian? Can't you see why theologians have said for hundreds of years that even when a seeker is convinced of all the facts surrounding Christianity, he has still got to take a leap of faith in order to receive Christ personally. You gotta come to that decision point and then commit your life to Christ even though at that moment you really don't understand the full implications of that commitment yet. You see why the Bible talks so much about faith? How to become, how, you know, to become a Christian you gotta take a step of faith? Hebrews eleven six says it this way, and it is what? Impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You see, you can't even become a Christian without first taking a spiritual risk. In Luke chapter 19, Jesus tells the story um, about the importance of of risk-taking, of leveraging, using everything that you've been given uh, by God for the kingdom. And he basically said, listen, if you're not willing to take a risk, you're actually being unfaithful. Um, I love the way the story concludes in Luke 19.26 from the message paraphrase. Listen to this. He said, that's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. You know, he's, he's basically saying, listen, you got a choice to make. I mean, every day you got a choice to make. Risk your life or play it safe. But it's worth the risk. That's what he's saying. It's worth the risk. If you take the risk, you're going to get more and experience more than you've ever dreamed. But if you don't, listen, you're going you're to get to the end of your life. If you play it safe, you're going to get to the end of your life and, and wind up uh, with a bag full of regrets. Now, once you take the risk, once you take that, that first step of faith, I want to share with you some lessons that that faithful risk-takers discover and learn over time, okay? Four lessons of faith. Lesson number one, where God guides, God provides. Where God guides, God provides. Listen, if God tells you to do something, he's gonna give you the energy, the talent, the ability, the money, the people, the resources, the contacts, the network to do it. Where God guides, God provides. Philippians 4.19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now, note, it doesn't say here that God's going to meet all your greeds, okay? There's a big, big difference between your needs and your wants. If God met all of our wants, let's be honest, we'd all be a bunch of spoiled, selfish brats. He's not going to give you everything you want, but he did say, I'll meet all your needs. By the way, what does all include there? Physical needs, emotional needs, shelter needs, spiritual needs, financial needs, health needs, relational needs? Yes, 
Everything. All means all. Now, if God has promised to meet all of our needs, what does that leave you to worry about? Absolutely nothing. Think about it. When you have an insurance policy, once you know, you know what's covered in the insurance policy, you don't worry about it anymore. Well, did you know that in the Bible there are over 7,000 promises of God? Man, that, that is the coverage that God puts on your life. And when you understand what's covered, what's left to worry about? Now, the problem is, we probably read, sometimes we read the, the policy manual from God about as often as we read our life insurance policies, right? When's the last time you've read his manual? The Bible, you see, is a book of God's promises. And so if you're going to grow in your faith, if we're going to grow together in faith, you've got to build your life on the Word of God, the promises of God. You've got to get those promises in your heart and in your mind so that when you start to doubt, when you feel discouraged, when you go through those storms of life, God brings His Word and those promises to your memory. You see, if you're going to live by faith, you got to take some risk. You, there, there's just going to be some situations where you're going to wonder, is God going to come through? You know, is he going to provide? And my guess, some of you are in that situation right now. Listen, keep believing. You keep holding on because you know where God guides, God provides. Second great lesson you learn is this, number two. When God delays, he knows best. When God delays, he knows best. Have you ever found yourself in God's waiting room? God's waiting room. Some of you feel like that's probably where you're at right now, waiting for an answer, waiting for a change, waiting for a breakthrough, waiting for a man or a woman, uh, waiting for a miracle. you got to stop and just realize that, you know what? God knows best best, and that his timing is absolutely perfect. He's never late. He's never in a hurry. You just need to trust him. You know, one of the verses um, that's been meaningful to me personally over the years is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. Listen to this. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. Let me tell you something. That was a promise that I clung to, um, especially during the early struggling years of our church. You know, our church was uh, portable. We were a portable church for the first 14 years. In other words, every single Sunday for 14 years, we set up and broke down. And I, I used to pray, God, please don't let there be chairs in heaven. And now, you know, we're still uh, moving chairs around. Uh, but it was as though I could hear God speaking this verse to me. You know, Chris, these things might not happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely. If it seems slow to you right now, don't despair. 
You know, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Keep trusting. Keep taking those risks. Chris, be patient. The, the lesson I learned, and I, and I keep learning, is that God's timing is perfect. You know, he's never in a hurry, but he's never late. We've got to remember, a delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. Did you hear that? You know, another verse that um, you know, has always stood out to me is John 13, 7. Now, the, the context of this passage is this is Jesus, you know, right before his uh, arrest and, uh, you know, crucifixion, and he's in the upper room, he's with the disciples, um, and he's talking about serving. And, uh, you know, he's washing the disciples' feet. But as, as I read it now, uh, I almost laugh because it, it's a truth here that's found in this verse that people of faith and risk-takers have to be reminded of over and over again, myself included. Listen to this. Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. Guess what? We are not going to understand everything that God is doing in the world today. We're just not. In fact, we might not fully understand most of it on this side of eternity, but this is the question you got to struggle with. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. Here it is. Will you still trust him? Even though you don't understand it now, will you still trust him? Will you still walk by faith? Will you still take that, that risk? You see, that's why Christianity is not for the faint of heart. That's why there is there, there's always this element of risk in following Jesus. The point is, we're to trust God no matter what, knowing that ultimately he has better plans, so much better than the ones we could ever dream or think of. We may think we have an understanding, but God knows best because God's in control. Lesson number three. Whatever God has given, he multiplies. You know, one of, the, uh, one of the great lessons that Janet and I have learned over 33 years of marriage and now uh, 30 years of leading this church is that you cannot outgive God. You can't. And in fact, whatever you give him, he multiplies. He takes it, he breaks it, and he multiplies it. If you give him your time, he multiplies it. You give him your money, he multiplies it. You give him your, your talent, your energy, your resources, your stuff, whatever you give God, he multiplies it. It's kind of like planting seeds. In fact, you know, sometimes we miss a little bit of this illustration. You see all throughout Scripture because you know, most of us are not farmers today, but you hear it over and over again in Scripture. Listen to this passage, 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in, in your heart now how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Farmers get this, right? Farmers know that you know, for seed to work, it's gotta be, gotta be given away. 
In other words, if you, know, if you keep seed in a sack, if you don't do anything with it, it doesn't do any good. But when you plant it, what happens? It, it multiplies. So let me ask you, when you plant one corn seed, okay, one little kernel of corn, do you get one kernel of corn back? No, you get you know, a stalk. You get a stalk of corn with hundreds, if not thousands of, of corn kernels. What happens there? God multiplies whatever you give him. Now, we do need to understand the difference between faith and bargaining. So often we, uh, we want to bargain with God. Faith is when you give in advance. Faith is when you sacrifice in advance. Bargaining is when you say something like this. Okay, God, um, if you help me close this deal, I'll give you part of it. If you do this for me, I will commit this to you. Listen, does God work that way? Absolutely not. That's not faith. That's bargaining. You know, faith is sacrificing and giving in advance and then trusting God to meet your needs. Let me give you um, one more faith lesson that you'll learn if you're willing to take the risk. Lesson number four, what God starts, he finishes. What God starts, he finishes. Philippians 1.6, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know, somebody asked me recently, Pastor Chris, 30 years now, 30 years as the, the pastor of Coastal, were all the risks and uh, the battles and the frustrations and the hard work and the delays, you know, was it all worth it? And, you know, at first I want to say, well, you know, when you, when you ask it like that, no, absolutely, the answer is absolutely it was worth it. Listen, let me tell you something. Janet and I came here thinking, you know, man, we're going to do something great for God. And yet what happened is God did something great in us and through us and through you. And here's the best part of it. He's not through. He's not done. God is not finished. He will continue the work in us and through this church until Jesus returns or calls us home. Because what God starts, he finishes. Now, maybe some of you might be thinking, you know, Pastor Chris, I really regret that I kind of, you know, I missed out on some of those early adventures and tests of faith that, that, Christ, that Coastal had in, in its beginning, you know, early on in its history. I wasn't there during that time. Listen to me. The most exciting part of any race is not the start. It's the finish. And in many ways, I believe we are still at the beginning of the race. Sure, God has done some amazing things at Coastal in our first 30 years. But let me tell you, he is not finished. He's not through. We, we are just getting started. The best is yet to come. I truly believe that. So, you know, congratulations. You know, you missed all the boring stuff. No, seriously, that's the thing about this adventure this adventure of the Christian life, there is always something new. There's always a next step. There's always a, a new adventure. You know, listen, I don't know, I truly don't know of a more exciting time to be alive. Listen, God, God is at work right now in the world, and God is definitely at work here at Coastal doing some amazing things. You know, there are so many things in life that you don't have control over. Think about it. You, you didn't have control over you know, who your parents would be. You didn't choose you know, where you would be born or when you would be born or uh, you know, what your natural uh, gifts and talents would be. A whole lot of things you didn't have control over. Sovereignly, God chose those for you. But 
there is one thing that you do have control over, and it's the most important thing, how much you choose to believe God. How much you choose to believe God. Let me ask you a question. When does God use someone in a great way? Or or maybe another way to ask the question is, why does God seem to use some people in a great way and not others? I mean, is it because, you know, certain people are better than others? No. Because certain people are are more special or more talented? No. Because God likes some more than he likes others? Well, no, of course not. Listen, God uses someone in a great way when he simply finds someone who is willing to believe him just a little bit more than somebody else. That's it. And that is your choice. Think about this. Of all the people in the world that God could have brought to watch this service today, he brought you. Of all the things you could have chosen to do today, you know, to watch online, you chose to watch this. Why? Because God is reaching out to you. And he is calling you home. This is not an accident. This is not a mistake. God wants to use you. God wants to use you in this church. He wants to use you in this movement. And if he didn't, you wouldn't be watching Listen, I believe this. Many, many years ago, God knew that you would be seeing this today. He wants to use you here at Coastal and in this movement of helping change people's lives for all eternity. We are just in the beginning of this race, and I want to invite you not to sit on the sidelines any longer, but to get into this race with us. We want you here with us now, and we want you at the end of the finish line when we win. There is nothing more significant that you could do with the rest of your life than to get involved into building the kingdom of God. And you say, well, Pastor Chris, you know, what does that look like? How how can I do that? How do I get started? Let me quickly give you three ways. Number one, and it's the most important one, commit your life to Jesus. Commit your life to Jesus. If you haven't done that, do it today. Listen, what are you waiting on? You're never gonna get a better offer than than forgiveness of your sin, a home in heaven, purpose in living here and now. Take the risk. It's, It's a risk worth taking. It's a risk that you will never forget. Listen, Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he has been knocking. He is knocking right here and right now. And some of you, some of you, it's as though you've had your hand on the door, uh, right there on the knob, and you're, you're just ready, you're thinking, you're ready and poised to open the door and receive Christ. And you've been in this way, you, you've been in this position for months, for years. Listen, what are you waiting on? It's time to to open the door and to invite Christ into your life, to have a relationship with him. Take the risk. You can do that today. In just a few moments, I'd like to pray with you through that process. Let me give you a second thing that you could do um, to get involved and to jump in. The second thing that many of you need to do is to get baptized. To get baptized as an expression of your faith, as an act of obedience, as a a risk that you are willing to put a stake in the ground and say, I am willing to take this. 
Today, you can check the box on your online Connect card, and we will baptize you sometime soon. In fact, right now, we actually have a beach baptism scheduled for Sunday, June the 14th out at Folly Beach. Typically, it's a huge, huge celebration. You can sign up on your Connect card today. Now, obviously, we're not 100% sure that it's still gonna take place at that time and that date, but today, as a sign of intention, take the risk. Sign up today. The third step that you could take is that you can officially join Coastal Community Church and make this church family your church family. You can do that today by signing up on your online Connect card for our membership class. We're actually we're doing something we've never done before. It's actually uh, tomorrow night, Monday night, uh, at 7 o'clock, we're having an online membership class. Uh, we will, uh, today, if you sign up today, we'll make sure that today or first thing tomorrow, you'll get an email with a Zoom link and a PDF um, of the notes. But sign up today. Make that, take that step. Listen, be a part of a church that is actively being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, loving and serving our neighbors and making a difference for all of eternity. Are you willing to take the risk? Do you want to make a difference in this world? Do you want to be a part of a history-making movement? You know, some of you are missing out on the greatest years of your life because you're more in love with the conveniences and comforts and, and safety of this world than you are in the adventure of God. Others of you, man, it's time you stop the compromise. Stop chasing after this world. You gotta turn away from that and turn to God and say, God, I'm gonna build my life on the wisdom of what you say in your word. And I don't care what anybody else says, I'm going to obey it, no matter what it says. And, and just see what happens. I'm gonna take the risk. And others of you, right now, you're in the middle of negotiating an opportunity. Uh, an adventure from God. It's right there in front of you. At some point, you've got to take the risk and say, I am all in. Take the risk today. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for all the many lessons of faith that you have taught me in 30 years here at Coastal. I now know from experience that wherever you guide, you do provide. Whenever you delay something, that's not a denial. It's just that you know best. I know that I cannot outgive you, that whatever I, I give to you, you multiply it. And I have learned that whatever you start, you will finish. And Jesus, I look forward to the rest of the race until you come again or call me home. I pray you find me faithful. And now you pray this in your heart. Dear God, I want you to use me. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a woman of faith. I want to be a part of what you're doing in this world. And I too want to learn these lessons. Jesus, I dedicate the rest of my time on earth to you. I dedicate the rest of my money, my talents, my experiences, my opportunities, my stuff, all of it to you. 
use me in any way you see fit. I want to finish this race well. And if you're watching this and you're ready to take the risk and to open the door of your heart to Jesus for the very first time and come home, pray something like this in your heart right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to come home. It's true. Jesus has been knocking at the door of my heart. And today, today I open the door and I ask Jesus Christ to come in. I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he he died on a cross for me and my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead and he is alive. And today, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. And for the rest of my life, I just want to follow him. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.